On the Vintage Video Podcast, we'll be reviewing every single wide release of the 1980s in chronological order. Over 250 episodes to enjoy and thousands more to come. John enters the store now to order another can of ether. I picture him outside like Homer with the gas hall. <laughs> one for you, one for me. I also like to think about that the kids renew their vow not to talk about the murder. By, by murdering someone. <laughs> <laughs> They're taking a blood oath with someone else's blood. This stuff is seven times more powerful than uranium. And yeah. they, they open up the vault that it's contained in, not wearing any kind of protective nope. gear. Yeah. And it's wooden crates. Wooden crates. It's like the guys in Chernobyl picking up the graphite rocks yeah. and going, meh, because there's rocks. Hugging the elephant foot. <laughs> just like, oh, this thing's smooth. It's so warm. He turns to dial the number from the classified ad without even thinking about the numbers. <laughs> we know this because we can hear his thoughts, and he's talking about how AJ was right that ninjas are misdirecting him. They're misdirecting him. I really wish that he'd turn to the phone and be like, six, six. Vintage video. We're rewatching the 80s so you don't have to. Welcome to Why Two Killers. I'm Dr. Benny Graves, the master of ceremonies. And as usual with me is the secret ghost leper wife <laughs> to my third act idiotic reveal. The sudden explosion that makes me on fire and throws me through a window. The absolute disgrace to the original source material. Hammy Swammy, Blecky Sammy. <laughs> what? Oh, I'm sorry. I was still sleeping after watching this fucking horrendous movie. Instead of the fog, it should be called the snooze. That's right. We're talking about 2005's The Fug. Jesus. Before we talk about 2005's The Fug, I wanted to talk about what do we got here lined up? Oh, well, we have two little shooties of Jackie D mm-hmm. uh, in cute little shot glasses I got us from Anthropology. They're very cute. Just so. Great. Yeah. All and right. I have a Wegmans grapefruit seltzer. And I have a Stewart's grape soda. Who bought you that grape soda? I don't know. Some saggy ass hooker. Fuck off. All right. Hail Satan. Hail Satan. And to all of Dude. you in Radio Land. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Daddy likes that. Oh, God. <laughs> um, so before we start to talk about the movie and the trappings of this film, I wanted to do a shameless plug for Lividity Pottery. Um, if you haven't heard of it, look it up, lividity.pottery. That's their Instagram, lividitypottery.com. Uh, she is fantastic at throwing, right? 
pots and yeah. mugs and steins and i have three pieces from her mm, yeah. i have two steins one with the vaughn logo on it vaughn satanic blood angel Oz very dark they're actually an american black metal band very dark. and the other one has a really cool satanic goat on it oh yeah 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 and then i have a small mug that has the uh cover art of melissa uh by merciful fate yeah. And she does a wide variety of different pieces, and these are all hand-thrown. So they're beautiful, they're functional. Uh, she does periodic drops, which she announces on the Instagram, so check it out. You know, I always like um, spotlighting original artists, especially since there's just so much overproduced shit. I also think, uh, as somebody who doesn't care about the things on it, like, the goat one, I understand, but, like, you know, the music ones or whatever, I'm like, oh, whatever, like, I didn't really know the <laughs> And you explained it to me, and I was like, oh, those. But, like, uh, from my perspective, they're actually very beautiful, and they're very contemporary, and I like them a lot. And I think the coloring on them is interesting. It's not just, like, black or blue or gray. Like, they have a bit more tonal, uh, you know, to them. Variation. Yeah, and they're very natural coloring. I, I like them a lot, so. So, yeah, as I said, I, I like to spotlight these type of original artists because there's just too much overproduced garbage out there to buy. Oh, yeah, man. And so, you know, put your money towards people who are actively doing something they love, and putting out a beautiful product. Yeah. Uh, now, back to this living nightmare. Uh, <laughs> the year in horror is 2005, and we've got quite a selection of films. We were both still in high school at this point. I was a junior. You were a junior, right? Yeah. yeah. So we've got Constantine with Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves. I saw that in theaters. Yeah. I'm guessing I'm back. And Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, beefy. And uh, the Nihilist from Big Lebowski and John Wick. What's That's his right. name? Why can't I think his name? I don't know. Not um, Pierce Garsgard. We've got The Descent, uh, which Jesse hated the last time he Never watched saw it. it. It's a spelunking, and then there are like Fuck monster off. people. I think I know. Don't they go in the catacombs? Mm hmm. Yeah. Spelunking. Spelunking. Spelunko. Well, that brings me to a point. You know you're a millennial when you still have your key ring on a carabiner. That is like the true identifier of our kind is like if you were an alt person in the 2000s, you had to have a carabiner. You had to have a carabiner. Well, the worst was when you got a shitty one and it would bend the other way and break. Well, that's the thing Fuck is what I went through probably about five of those before I went to like Eastern Mountain Sports or whatever or REI, whatever like existed at the time. And I bought like an actual climbing carabiner. And I like to report that it's been like 10 years and that shit has not broken on me. So highly recommend. <laughs> also, we're sorry to any Latinx individuals we offended with the word carabiner. <laughs> um, I think you just brought attention to something that didn't need it. Or maybe I'm advocating. Advocating for the little guy. Okay, George, what, Santos? Is that your name? Yeah. Ooh. Uh, we've got Hostel. Oh, boy. Oh, your eyeball fell out. Big whoopity-doo. Life goes on, buddy. Hostel, a.k.a. the early 2000s laziest version of Faces of Death. Uh, I'd also like to point out that those that's like the home of our people. That's clear potato ethnic territory. That is. You know, when you enter Potato Town... You best get to peeling your your skin off or something. I don't know. Uh, I'll workshop it. The we've got Land of the Dead, George Romero's extremely upsetting follow up to Day of the Dead. Oh. Everyone was so hyped. Dennis Hopper, John Leguizamo's John Leguizamo, yeah. and a very poorly characterized uh, handicapped man who yells about fireworks being called sky flowers. Sky Timbo. Yeah, that yeah. did not age well. Remember when you used to just say that to me randomly at all times? I do. 
I think it was like 4th of July a couple of years ago. I was wasted and I kept yelling about the sky flowers. Wait, you got wasted on 4th of July? I know, hard to believe. Did uh, you get wasted any other time recently? The Doom movie. <laughs> before uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson was like just pure HGH. And also Rosamund Pike is in that. In and- Doom? Yes, the Doom movie. It's the guy from The Boys, right? Yes. <gasps> you made me watch that. That was good. I liked it. The Boys. No, the Doom movie. No, I didn't make you watch the Doom yeah, movie. Yeah, you did. No. Yes, you did. Are you thinking of Dune? No, Doom, where they wear like the helmets, right? You're fucking with me. Oh my god. That's Dread, Sarah. Oh. That's Dread! <laughs> Judge Dread. Ah, whatever. Oh my god. God, people Whoa. listening are like pulling their <laughs> eyes out. Whatever. We've got Hellraiser Hellworld with a young Henry Cavill. <gasps> oh, it has my girl yet again. Shout, big sky, whoop whoop. It's yeah. a blonde. They uh, are playing a video game, a Hellraiser type video game, <laughs> and the Hellraiser video game premiere party is being thrown by Lance Henriksen. <gasps> Oof. I'd go to that. Uh. On a, the better end of it, we've got Noroi the Curse, Japanese oh, found footage that. horror That's film. Really good. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like that. We've got Hard Candy. Oh my god. With a young Elliot Smith. Yes, I and Patrick Wilson. Mm-hmm. Daddy, I know you're supposed to be a petty, but like uh no, I remember renting that with Amber because that was like on one of those IFC or like AMC late night things where you're like, the ten most upsetting movies. And it was always hard candy and the audition. Those were like the two mentioned. Yeah. And so of course Amber and I rented them from like our local video store because you couldn't get that shit anywhere else. And I remember watching it and being like Yo, this is fucking great. And also having the biggest crush on uh, Elliot Page. I was like, they and are lastly, gorgeous. And lastly, but not leastly, mm. 2005 is The House of Wax. <gasps> starring uh, Paris Hilton, who actually I recently discovered had some very questionable racial views. She's definitely using the word carabiner. Oh. Yeah. Not shocking. A it's blonde, also rich person. Got Jared Padalecki and our boy from uh, One Tree Hill. What's his stupid face? Chad Michael Murray with his like fucking little soul patch. He's looking like he's in load and reload. My cousin Skeeter, of course. Uh, where he was cousins with a puppet. So who could you know? And then like that other Guido-looking dude who I think was like a one-hit wonder. So yeah, we're gonna have to do some of these as episodes. Definitely House of Wax because I love it. And it's aged pretty well. Um, well, I showed you that like a few years back, probably like two or three years ago. And I was like, look, I, I thought it was going to be bullshit. And you were like, this is going to fucking suck. And I was like, Ben, please just follow me on this one. And you were like, huh, that's actually a very good movie. And I was like, I know. Now, what I can say with confidence, though, is looking at all these films together, I would rather fucking watch Hostel than watch this movie. Oh, again. yeah. Why do you think I'm delighted in having to talk about this movie? It is... A snooze fest. Yeah. A snooze fest. And there's not even hunky people in it where I'm like, <laughs> how do you do it? <laughs> I'm glad that you have like a sound effect, like you're a Nintendo 64 <laughs> character, like a, a sassy badger that collects his cherries or some shit like that. Well, as you know, we went to Yesterday's uh, this previous Friday and mm-hmm. we didn't get to play N64 for Mario, but we did get to play original Mario. We got to play Super Mario Brothers 3. Oh, I'm so sorry. Once again, maybe equally as bad as confusing. Doom for Dread. Oh, I'm sorry, D and D. One day, Alice, I'm gonna I'm gonna drown you in a bathtub and say a mental patient did it. Thank you. Um, 
Anyway, let's talk about the cast, my dear. Okay, so we start off with uh, Tom Welling. I always want to call him Wellington, but it's just Tom Welling. He's that dumb shit from Smallville, and he plays... Get ready for it. Are you ready for it, guys? Nick Castle. <laughs> Do you fucking get it? Do you fucking get it? Do you get oh, it? Do you fucking it. get it? Nick oh, Castle. It. Do you get it? And I hate you it. assholes. Uh, you have Maggie Grace, who plays Elizabeth Williams. And the whole entire movie, I just like stepped kept staring at her dumb face and I was like who is this bitch and then I found her <laughs> and she plays an ally to women Sarah uh, yeah uh, equality means calling up people regardless of their gender so thank you I am an ally uh, she plays Kim in the Taken movies aka she gets taken she's know. my daughter she's my daughter I pissed my pants uh, so she is taken from Taken um, the next is Selma Blair who plays Stevie Wayne which <laughs> I like Selma Blair, and her whole short haircut thing is mm. delicious. She's a tasty treat. And she is a tasty treat, and she's very cute in this Always movie. Always has been, to be uh, honest. She's no, what's her face? Uh, Adrian Barbeau. I was going to say Feruza Balk. No. She's a close, uh, well, like, she's supposed to be Adrian Barbeau from the she original. Is, yes, Stevie Wayne. And I don't think that's comparable. No. Uh, it was Nobody's rumored, Adrian Barbeau. It was rumored that they wanted Charisma Carpenter for that part. And. <laughs> Charisma Carpenter. Oh, I'm taking a curve. They've all turned off the show now. Thank you. Uh, so, you know, moving on. Okay. Our only black character, Spooner, which also... He doesn't even get a he real doesn't name. A last, he doesn't get a real first name Spooner. or a last name. <laughs> the made flesh brother of Toy Story's Forky. <laughs> I would like to point out that like everyone else gets like a first and last name. Even like the hobo drifter on the beach gets a real name, but like this black person, mm-mm. Well, sounds like the director might have also been a user of the word carabiner. Yes, uh, but he's played by D. Ray Davis, which yet again, I was like, this bitch look familiar. And then halfway through the movie, I looked him up, and he is one of the bikers He's the from... the head of the, the, the evil the, biker gang. From 21 Jump Street, the movie. Yes. And I was like, holy fuck, that's why he looks familiar. He didn't really have much of a career, but... He does his best in this movie for what he's given, which is, like, very limited. Obviously, the 2000s, uh, if you were black, you, like, were a quirky best friend or just murdered instantly and or both, and uh, that's about it. I, I would say that characterizations of black people as real people have come a long way um but in the 2000s yeah if you were like a minority if you were black if you were a woman it God was forbid very you obvious be hefty. yeah it was very obvious you were less than uh one of our favorites that we noticed immediately not by his name in real life or his name in this movie it's kenneth welsh who plays tom malone who we know as windham earl from twin peaks but now we're like holy fuck is that windham earl windham earl <laughs> who is present for some of the worst episodes of twin peaks and but then the last episode yeah. where bob takes his soul out yeah. as fire holy shit i know it might be controversial but i don't mind windham earl i think he's fine so whatever uh, a whole bunch of other fucking people that nobody gives two fucks about and then we get to i'm gonna pronounce the name really wrong because it's one of our Polak names which is like rod day serba b Zizia? I don't know. Okay, to... give me your card for free potato soup. <laughs> it's Captain William. Give it back. Captain William Blake, which 
the entire time I was watching this movie, I thought he used Dr. Vink with a vuh, vuh, vuh. Dr. Vink would have been too old. Uh, but as I looked up his IMDb, I realized he was in Eurotrip, which you knew him from. Ah, uh, my American friends. Ah, uh, Miami West, number one new show. Uh, but I knew him from Eyes Wide Shut as the, like, costume store who seller. Who may be in on it. Who may be in on it, but he's Lily Sobieski's dad there's mm. air quotes here you can't yeah. see them um but as far as that goes that's like the entire cast except for hey, one where's mentioned, the beef my friend uh the other person that i was like oh who else like actually did some shit so there's like two like hot like boner ladies like that are featured on boner the- ladies well they're like supposed to be there for your boner so boner ladies <laughs> um she plays mandy or tandy or brandy i don't know these are the two girls that we'll talk about later who are at the air quotes boat party the mm-hmm. quotes are very big <laughs> not like that boat um but she her name is sonia bennett and she actually sonia blade yes uh but the only thing she did that was of note was she wrote for letter kenny uh huh? She wrote for Letterkenny huh? for uh, like two seasons or so. And then other than that, like there's really nobody in this cast that's like worth knowing. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, and now let's talk about the soundtrack. Oofy doofy. Oh, not Jesus a big one. Christ. No, it's um. I found what's interesting about these t- uh, soundtracks from what I've been looking at recently is you get like five to six songs from real artists. Most of it's just like soundtrack work and stuff like that but as far as real songs go in this movie you have a, a song from okay go a song from the buddha velvet i yeah, don't know obviously, what that is yeah mm-hmm. fallout boy which is sugar we're going down they and played it for like five seconds five seconds and i it, imagine at the time that would have been a big get yeah but like it does not fit the movie at all and then a band called Petrovich? Petrovich? I don't know. Maybe it's the uh, Polish guy's band. Yeah, we'll use part of it. Uh, and then you have Jamiroquai, which we all know, but it's, <laughs> not, but it's not the one Jamiroquai song we know. Petey Pablo? I feel like that's a familiar name. I don't know. Of course. Petey uh, Pablo. Morning Wood, take off your clothes! <laughs> I fucking hate this time. Uh, and then lastly, Aiden. What died? Oh, damn. Remember Aiden? Ew. Aiden was one of those bands that if you were into music appropriately, you were like, absolutely not. I think Amber liked Aiden. Oof. I remember like seeing all their merch at Hot Topic and being like, fucking shoot me in the head. No, thank you. Well, let's talk about the trivia. Uh, this was directed by Rupert Wainwright, who also... Who had his career ruined dire- from this. Yes, he, he, his career apparently wasn't ruined when he directed Blank Check, but this okay, was the last Blank nail Check in the coffin. a wonderful movie. I'm sorry, I rented Blank Check on VHS like 4,500 times. It's a movie that creates unreasonable expectations for expenses. He buys the mansion, what is it, He it's like a million dollars? He has like a million dollars. Okay. okay, but you're talking 90s, a million dollars. That kid does not live in like a very very like prominent area he probably lives in the suburbs houses cost like 10 raspberries at that time water (gasps) slide oh my god but it's so cool but then he like tries to fuck that like woman who's like what the fuck is the plot line but that was like a big thing in the 90s he tries to fuck an older lady they'd always have like kids and like quirky kids and like the older lady that was like I turn to you for advice and I'm like you're like 30 man you You have a college degree why are you talking to this 10 year old that the the core of that is big because he's technically a little kid who fucks in that. I think the idea is like you wanted to attract kids to these movies, obviously, but then you wanted like 
the dad to bring them or the mom to bring them or something. And so you had to make an adult character that was relatable. Uh, yeah. I mean, all I can think about is that in Big, so after he fucks her, I imagine the next day he just throws out all the toys. He's like, doesn't matter. I've experienced something greater than he that skyscraper that turns into the robot. He doesn't fuck her in it. Are you no, sure? No, I'm sure. Are you sure? Because yes. if they fucked, they it kiss. would ruin him. They kiss. That would have been enough. That's enough. He I would know. have a little pre-cum just... His friend in that movie is a kid that gets a dirt bike wheel to his face in Pet Cemetery 2. Oh, great kill. Mm. Future episode. I guess we have to talk about this movie. It's though. an early 90s movie. But anyway, uh, yeah. So a little bit more uh, about it. You know, Carpenter has retrospectively essentially been like, yeah, it was a great <laughs> check. I used to yeah. show up to set, play NBA Jam, and leave. Uh, and good for him. Make that fucking money, my guy. Uh, but simultaneously, both him and Deborah Hill were in on do- producing this. Yeah. So they do share a little bit of the blame <laughs> in this bullshit. Oh, um, it was shot mostly in Canada. Kantatata. And actually, in addition to Charisma Carpenter potentially uh, being Stevie Wayne in earlier versions, Fergie was one of the figures. Oh. Again, if that doesn't date this film, I don't know what does. Do you think she would have pissed her pants recording this too? Oh, right. She, there she was pissed the her pants. Hot. It's fucking hot, bro. Maybe she's in a piss play. Yo, her and Liam Neeson, they are be piss play. taken together. To piss play island. Where both I piss my pants, too. We go to R. Kelly Island where we piss ourselves. Oh, no. Okay, but it's not about pedophiles. It's about piss play. Great. It's okay. All right. Let's start this uh, <sighs> cinematic gold. Whoever suggested that we watch this movie, I fucking hate you. And uh, I it would was like actually schlockaholic, and Aww. he's a great dude, very nice guy. So he, but gets I still hate you. One pass, <laughs> and then next time execution, baby. All right, the intro. A ship is a flom. Monsty hands. <sighs> what? I'm sorry, I fell asleep already. There's a rowboat, and then monsty hands burst out, and they grab that rowboat and they pull it under. Cue Fallout Boy. Hey, sugar, we're going down. Woody doo doo. Woody doo doo. I don't remember how it goes. It's been like 15 years. Cut to Antonio Island, Oregon. Wait, I have a question. So they call it Antonio Island and Antonio Bay. So is it like they're on the island, but she records in the bay? So that's why it's different. Because I thought in the original, by the way, we're just going to talk about the original probably more and like how a much bay better is it is. a fixture of an island. I know, but remember they just referred to it as Antonio Bay. So I always assumed that it was not an island. That it was off the coast in the original. It might have been. Okay. Well, I have questions. Uh, and we meet Selma Blair, who's playing woo, woo. Stevie Wayne. She is very pretty in this movie. And we get like a second of her being like, I'm Stevie Wayne. Welcome to the movie. Then we cut to Wyndham Earl and Sarah Botsford. So these characters play the rich. Like town um, elders. Town elders. Yes. And maybe they're hiding a dark <gasps> secret. Yeah. Like all white And they are complaining about the founding father statue that was just installed because they're not happy that it isn't perfect. They also need like Ronald Reagan in the back Mm. holding like a newspaper that says AIDS is fake to make it perfect or something like that. Um, And, you know, we then cut. Now, I want to be clear. Uh, when we did our episode on My Bloody Valentine 3D, there was a lot of jumping around. Yeah. This movie is nonstop Cut to another scene, cut to another scene, cut to another scene. And Sarah and I watch a lot of horror movies. Yeah. It may shock you to believe. Uh, they so are shocked. if you watch older films, one of the strengths of them is just 
letting a scene happen. Just not necessarily bombarding you with endless bullshit that comes to nothing. Well, that was the thing, and I've talked about this before in other movies and stuff like that. Even 70s and 80s, uh, they do let the camera sit for a longer period of time, and this has nothing to do with anything, but yet again, I'm trying not to talk about this film. In the conversation with Gene Hackman, which you haven't watched all of yet, there's so much of that movie that I love because they literally just sit the camera down and they let characters walk in and out of the screen. There's dialogue the whole time, there's story happening, but you're like so engrossed in it and you're like, what's going to happen? What's going to walk into this frame? As where this movie is like just super all over the place, ADHD kid, like with too much fucking sugar and it like is just endlessly jumping. I cannot express enough how interminable this film is, how much information you're given, which is 99% useless. I feel like if I had not seen The Fog, the original with Daddy Atkins and Jamie Lee, I would have been like, I don't fucking understand what's going on here because they also don't really address the leprosy thing. They're just like, I don't know. They kind of do. They kind of do. But like in the 2000s, you'd be like, I don't know, they fucked it up or some shit. Like you wouldn't know it's leprosy. And if you don't know what we're talking about before you even touch this film, please watch the original Fog. It's a John Carpenter piece of perfection. It's perfectly I make you put it on all the time. It's a movie that initially... I remember being like, this is okay. And the older I've gotten, the more is an oldie time ghost story it's so good. that you can just snuggle up under the blankies on a, on a cold night and yeah. watch. It's perfect. Um, so, yeah, we cut from the Founding Fathers to just Nick Castle's fishing tours. And Do it's you fucking just get it? Do you fucking get it? You guys dummies. being dudes. We're just dudes, dudes being, being guys. guys. Footballs. Wow. Maxim Magazine. Doesn't Maxim not exist anymore? I don't think so. I don't think, yeah. There was Maxim, there was FHM, and there was Stuff Magazine. I don't remember uh, those other two, but I believe you. So they're doing one of their fishing tours, and on pulling up Anchor, the Anchor snags on a bag of knickknacks. Knickknacks! Paddywhack! Um, what's his face from, we're just going to call him Smallville. Smallville. Smallville looks like the like Kirkland version of James Marsden. You know, I keep thinking they are the same person, and each time you remind me that they aren't, I am shocked. <laughs> And then I think at one point, uh, Spooner is talking to him about something, and he's like, yeah, testicle telepathy, so that you in the movie can go, this man is black. Yeah, they make him, air quote, air quote, black. They're like, this is clearly a movie written by whites. And what? Capital H-W-I-T-E, uh, whites. White. Uh, whites is like, black people be talking like this. Whites be talking like that. And it's like, I be seeing a salad fork and I be like, what that for? Yeah, it's very like, also they put them all in egg hardy bullshit and it's egg like. Egg hardy. Egg hardy. Nothing to be done, egg hardy. <laughs> Already started the fog. It's a, an hour and 40 minutes. How is this fucking possible? But like everybody else gets like cute, like, you know, coastal clothing sweaters and like warm, comfy, like jumpers. And then this dude is like an egg hardy and they're like, but he's black. He can't possibly dress for weather. Like, Put him in a five layer FUBU jumpsuit. <sighs> um. Yeah, there's a joke about Gilligan, which I'm like, nobody that age was making jokes about Gilligan. No. Unless you're us and you're inside your brain 80 years old. I've always been 80, yes. Thank you. Continue. Uh. So yeah, Smallville, we find out he's from the other side of the tracks. Wow. He kind of poo-poos the town elders. He don't hobnob with Windham Earl. 
Uh, and the marina needs money, his marina, where the oh. men are working and fishing while the elders of the town put up gold-ass statues. Yeah, I guess, like, there's supposed to be, like, some sort of, like, r- like class disparity mentioned or, like, underlying this. But it seems like nobody's, like, that it comes to nothing. bad off or that well off. Everyone is equally killed. Yeah. There's no point where it's where we discovered like the ghosts are actually revenging themselves on the people who truly deserve it. They're pretty uh universal in their revenge. Yeah. Uh we fu- we meet the crazy metal detector guy. He's crazy. Crazy. And he's metal detecting by the shore and he finds some of the knickknacks. Knickknack paddywax. That's right. Give a dog a bone. Uh we see some angry CGI birds. Ah! Yeah, yes, exactly. Ah! They're forecasting the evil. Ah! And we see some angry doggies. Woof, woof. Very good. Thank you. That sounded like a pretty benign dog. Woof, woof. Okay, good. That one sounded like he just smokes a lot of ball malls. <laughs> My welfare check, where is it? <laughs> don't smoke. I think he would encourage you to smoke. Um, and you'd be like, no, And one won't. of the doggies is dead. And maybe a the ghost did it. Uh, we see Selma Blair looking like a tasty little snack. Num, 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 nums. And she's just doing her thing at her uh, lighthouse radio station. Do you know what I really fucking hate about this movie? And yet again, I'll talk about the original. Where do I begin? Uh, For so many reasons. But one of the things I loved about the original is you really saw the isolation of Stevie Wayne being in her radio booth in the lighthouse. Like, you see her pull up to, like, her little parking area, but having to walk down, like, 4,000 yeah. different stairs to get to the light and tower. And that helps. That creates more peril later on. It also creates spatial like awareness of like how far out in the bay she is and how removed from the town and like you said the peril and then this you're like i don't know this bitch like next to a parking lot in arby's or something who could know right exactly like there's not there's definitely an effort made even though we're dealing with this whole bay in the original film to try and connect where people are relative to one another. Well, I think we've talked about this before with Carpenter. I'm almost positive where in Carpenter, yeah, we did, where the houses in Halloween, you know where all the houses Spatial are yeah. in relation to one another. You understand the landing points of all these characters and you're like, oh, they're like just by each other, but enough out of earshot. And in this movie, you know, you don't get that spatial awareness. Like, you don't know where anybody is at any time because half the time it's all like in fog, which I fucking get. It's called the movie, the fog, whatever. But like, you don't know what this town's like. You don't understand the layout. You don't understand the layout. That's probably people. because one of the writers came up to him and he was like, John, what do you think the spatial awareness aspect in this film? And then John Carpenter's too busy making a guy do a slam dunk where it makes the, the net go on fire. And he's oh, like, yeah. he's on fire. And he's like, yeah, yeah, it's good. Check, please. <laughs> Money, um, please. Smallville. Or Nick Castle. You know, we're calling him Smallville. Picks up a <gasps> supermodel newsie, a.k.a. Maggie Grace. Dude, this bitch is dressed like Laddie from The Lost Boys, and I want to punch <laughs> her in the fucking tit. She's either dressed like that, or she's dressed like she, like, killed a conductor from Barnum and Bailey. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck is going on here. This was not of its time. This no. is some weird ass shit. No, she looks so dumb as fuck. She's got, like, a newsboy cap on with her hair tucked underneath. Because <laughs> you don't know what she looks like. She's from like. the city. And she's back from but New she's York like, City. But she's wearing like a red can like Confederate coat almost. You're just like, bitch, where are you from? Yeah. Yeah. Um we cut again to the lake party that's happening with Spooner and Smallville's uh cousin. 
whose name I don't remember. And the two babes. babes. They're the only babes in this movie. And And Spooner is trying to basically do like a girls gone wild with these women, the two of them, these two men, okay, (laughs) on a freezing lake. They're freezing. Everybody else is wearing like a parka and these two girls are like, we're in half bikinis. (laughs) And I'm like, you would be so cold. You'd be mad. You'd be fucking mad. And let me tell you something with strong, strong, strong sincerity. When women get cold, they don't get horny. No. When we're cold, we're really bitchy because we're fucking freezing. Uh, so a Spooner explains that he's he wants a new reality show called Booty on the Boat. Wow. Yeah. In the next scene, uh, Spooner is seen. Uh, no, I got nothing. It was going to be like a generalized comment about how he's he's been reduced to like the absolute bedrock of a racial stereotype. Maybe you have like a big train conductor hat and he's like, I know about wizards. No, he should be more spiritual and like magical and like appear out of like the fog himself. Be like, I don't know, black people just be appearing in the ocean. Well, magic. <sighs> yeah. We weren't past magical black at this point. Like, it was still, like, a big thing. Remember Badger Vance or Bagger Vance? Bagger Vance. And I'm pretty sure- Wasn't he a magical black man golfer? Yeah. Was he, like, a ghost golf man? I never saw it because it looked stupid as fuck, but I'm pretty sure he was, like, a magical black guy who, like, was a caddy for a white dude and, you know, black people, they're not real people, right? Mm -hmm. Thanks, early 2000s. Well- we actually find out the name of the crazy metal detector guy. His name is Matchin. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, we find out because Smallville and uh, the train conductor girlfriend, they- Just uh, call her Taken. Okay, we're going to call her Taken. Smallville and Taken arrive at Smallville's gigantic fucking house that oh obviously he's from the wrong side of the tracks. Yeah, all these people are like, we're poor. And I'm like, oh, I wish I was Help poor. Me. I'm poor. Uh, and- they like run into him and he gives uh taken this hairbrush oh, right yeah no, no no he shows her a watch we're not at the hairbrush That's part right. yet I'm sorry. he shows her a watch and there's a symbol on the back of it it's basically like a scales. yeah yeah scales and two other symbols and she somehow knows old-fashioned watchmaking and that those symbols would be there and given a third act reveal Maybe that makes sense. You know what? Now, looking at the end of this movie, sure. I guess this bitch do recognize it. Yeah. Um, Dan the Weatherman, who's who's replaced a charming older fellow with oh, a guy yeah. with a soul patch who looks like he's in Skindred, um, is just like having a chat with Selma Blair, who he blatantly wants to fuck. Yeah, I think in the original, it's much more charming. Is like, also, there isn't, like, an interface to them. You know, in this movie, they uh, basically, like, Snapchat each other, or, like, FaceTime each other with, like, computer with technology. With perfect resolution. Yeah, okay, I'm... That's gonna be pixelated at that time, if you're fucking lucky. Yeah. If you can even make that work. Uh, QuickTime Player was not reliable back then, and... And they originally have Adrian Barbeau and the weather guy, and they have like this cute, like little banter. They have and- playful banter, and you know, and you know, Adrian Barbeau is too hot for him. Yeah. But at the same time, she entertains him. But it's like you know, as a lady, you're like, oh, I'm not like going to do anything with this guy. But it's like you know, you're like sitting in your little radio booth, and you're like, it's nice to have like somebody like want to flirt with you. Of like, course, everybody loves that. In this movie, you're like, huh, interesting. Right, yeah. And uh, also, he's like, looks repellent. He looks like a Dorcas Malorcas. Um, so, yeah, they're chatting about this unusual fog bank and on the fuck boat, not to be confused with the fuck shack. <laughs> fuck shack, baby! Uh, the engine dies. 
So the CGI fog arrives. Yeah. And, uh, oh, at the same time, we jump back to Smallville and Taken, who are driving and almost run into Father Malone, mm. played by a very young guy. Yeah, how are you a weathered old, like, you know, priest who's seen too much and is an alky when you look like 23? I, I just don't believe it. Yeah, it's... um. It's bad casting. Uh, we see some ghostly happenings. There are like lights and glass breaking. And then we cut back to the fuck boat again, where we see the the ghost clipper ship. <laughs> and I guess like the girls get possessed and throws themselves through the cabin windows. This is like one of the funnier parts because you just see this bitch go. Bleh! Yeah, they each they frabugas through they the window. Yeah. And you're like. Okay, were they possessed? Also, this movie has zero blood. A lot of people get cut by glass or like impaled by glass. Zero blood. Not even a speck of blood is like on any of these bitches. Then a ghost knife that's there. Oh yeah, the uh, ghost knife. Points at uh, Nick's cousin and like stabs him in the neck. And then we we believe Spooner dies along with the rest. (gasps) Oh no. I know. Hal Holbrook, by the way, uh, played the priest in the original, and Hal Holbrook's a fucking tour de force. You may also yeah. know him as Adrian Barbeau's husband in the Crate segment of Creepshow. Yeah. And he's a real fucking actor, by the way, so there's he no comparison. He also has some character to him, a little gruff to him. Gravitas. And- yeah. Um, we find out that the rich lady who is hanging out with Wyndham Earl is actually Elizabeth's mom. Also, based on a third act reveal, that doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make sense, no. And she is rich, and she is mean. Mean and and rich. That they got correct. Yeah, I guess she runs a, like, antique roadshow in the town center or some shit like that. Yeah, they don't explain, like, what her mom does. They don't explain it? Um, But there's, like, parts where, like, her mom's at the town hall center thing and there's like antiques around her and somebody's like how much could i get for this piece of fucking whatever the fuck and you're like i guess this is a job question oh wow this is a very beautiful piece of whatever the fuck it looks like it dates back to the 1700s (laughs) there's a little bit of wear but you can see where somebody drew a caricature of a dick shooting jizz (laughs) um uh, Smallville and Taken have lifetime-esque shower sex, Ooh, which yeah. is pretty neutered, but at the same time, like, now Ant-Man can't get a boner, so I, I you know, I would rather take some I, sex to no sex. I'll say with, like, their sex scene or whatever, it's Zex. fine. Zorro y- You don't see anything, Zex. but I'm also like, you're not having sex like that in the shower. I'm sorry. You think shower sex is romantic? No. One of you is cold. One of you is not cold and being drowned by the shower. So it's true. It's, it's just She's not romantic. absolutely right. Um, it's not romantic. Elizabeth, after they boink, I guess, has a nightmare of a burning ship. It's hey, a ship we saw at the beginning. That seems like it might come into play, right, Dr. Ben? Maybe. She uh, does early internet research, but then is like interrupted, not by the bad 56K modem connection, but by ghostly interference. I think that is the bad 56K modem. <laughs> um, and then she follows like ooky spooky voices and signs to the shore and it comes to nothing. Hey, that's this whole movie. Uh, we meet Stevie Wayne or Selma Blair's shit boy son. Dude, this fucking kid does not get it, and it's the biggest mistake because he fucking sucks. I fucking hate him. He's a little shithead, and I just want him to get fucking wiped out by a ghost ship. 
Yeah, in the original, I like the shit boy. I think he's really funny. Doesn't he say he's like, uh, Mom, can I have a stomach pounder later on? And he's like a little, like, he's- chubby... A fun boy. He's a little fun boy, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, put a gimp mask on him. You'll be my little yeah, fun boy. Yeah, just call boys fun boys, Ben. <laughs> None of the cops will arrive at our home. What? It's what, like, Harmony Corinne would call them or something like that. Yeah. Um, But he was just a more fleshed out, relatable kid versus this fucking asshole. This kid sucks. I hate him. Uh, And he finds a hairbrush by the water. With the same symbol as the watch that Whoa, Elizabeth obtained. Oh, do you think they're fucking connected? And at the beginning of the movie, it's really hard because it's shot like garbage, but the bag of knickknacks that sank includes the watch, the brush, among other things. There's like a weird, like, oh, like keychain thing, I think? I don't know. Maybe. It's hard to tell because some of the things I was like, I don't know what these are. <laughs> okay, now at this point, we see Elizabeth and she brings the uh watch to her mom's antique road show yeah and she's like you see here if you look this is this is actually a 1700s imprint it's calvin peeing on the <laughs> mets logo well she like goes to her mom's antique road show like job site or whatever and pulls out like a spooky book that has like i guess like trade stamps on them yeah. which makes sense i do know that that's like a real thing you yes. know the way that people brand their items and, and now stuff she's like doing that. analog research and you know, that could be really cool and interesting, but she almost immediately knows where to go to find you know why this she logo. Knows? Because her grampy is there and he's like, oh, that's actually from this trading post that we traded with that got leprosy from China. And I don't know, they all died. Yeah, they do this whole part where they're like, oh, yeah, we had a trading post, but then they got leprosy from the China. And you're they like, China. I perceive this as racist. Do you think Donald Trump watches and he's like, wait a minute, if China brought the leprosy, then they would have brought COVID-19 as well. Ooh. I actually like this better than the original. Um, and uh, I only like this and memoirs of an invisible man. <laughs> uh, so outside, Smallville's hanging out, and I guess he meets Selma Blair, and they have a lot of sexual tension, which comes to nothing. I think it's implied at one point. Ooh, I burped. So sorry for listeners. Uh, at one point before uh, what's her fucking face taken comes back because she was like in New York for six months or something. <laughs> I think it's implied that Selma Blair and Smallville like had a fling, but it's never flushed out huh? uh, or explained or alluded to in any other way except for like this scene where they run into each other and he's like, oh, hey, Selma Blair. And she's like, oh, hey, I heard, like, you know, Taken's back in town. And he's like, (laughs) Taken's back in town! Taken's back in town! Oh, I pissed my pants! And uh, he's like, yeah, I guess she is for now. And I was like, so you guys fucking? What's going on? What is the deal with airplane Uh, food? Nice. Very good. I had to sip my salsa, so. Um, Yeah, we cut again. Wow, And Smallville and Taken find the deserted sea glass. (laughs) Um, with all the bloated. By the way, the victims. sea glass is a boat. Yeah, it's, it's a sailboat. Just, it's not. It's a schooner, you dummy. <laughs> um, and they find everyone dead, but Spooner is alive. Oh. He hid in the freezer. Yeah. Which I was like, oh, I guess the cold wouldn't let the fog in, and I was like, that might be something later on, but it isn't. Well, that's what I was thinking. I was like, oh, is it because he's in like an air conditioning unit, so it's like sealed? You know, like if you've ever been in like a walk-in air conditioning unit. Uh, you know, freezer kind of thing, especially in restaurants and stuff like that. Like, they are sealed close, so I guess the fog yeah. could get in? Question mark, I, I, question I love mark. this idea that it's like, well, it's airtight, so supernatural magic can't get through. Neither can air, so how did he survive? <laughs> Never mind, who cares? 
Yeah. Um, and I guess that scene where like the cold didn't get him, I was like, is they doing some kind of like War of the Worlds shit where they can be stopped by cold? Yeah. No. No. Fucking forget about it. Uh, this is when Selma Blair and her, her um, lighthouse gets her perfectly set up webcam delivered that she hooks up the instant that the USB goes in. Oh my god! Instantly this is turns- like my biggest point in this movie that I was so fucking pissed off about. I was so fucking pissed off. Okay, so I work in a law office and I have to do dictation and I have to hook up my dictation machine to any new computer that I get. Do you know the amount of software and programs I have to fucking download to do so something as stupid as fucking dictation? This is not like computer interface, like computer to other computer fucking video streaming and she's like, oh, I got my fucking webcam guess i'll just push this dongle into the usb who gives a fuck oh perfect and she knows how to use it immediately she's not like how the fuck do i start no, this? No, no. do i need a username a password do i need to do anything <laughs> to set this shit up what are my profile settings who could fucking care she doesn't even do anything she plugs it in it turns on instantly and is connected to dan the weatherman do you think dan set it up like pre like giving it to her and was like she can only call me for help now and you think that this would play a bigger part nope it doesn't it fucking goes away in like what the scene after this yep um taken watches so she was able to recover the camera from um the, the girls gone wild boat party that's right the fuck boat fuck and boat. she watches the footage and sees the boat partiers the four people on the boat uh being dis dispatched by invisible forces so what does this dumbass bitch do next oh my god this dumbass hoe drops his fucking shit because she walks they're they're by the dock side they're i think in uh they're in the boathouse so like boathouse typically are indoor like you know kind of a boathouse is like a garage for a boat yes but there's water in there it's like a shed with water in it because you're supposed to put the fucking boat in the shed whatever and this dumbass hoe is just like i'm walking with this sony fucking camera oh i'm stupid as fuck and i don't know how to fucking walk on anything and i fall into the goddamn ocean yeah there's like a um a cross plank that she's walking on. Which, that also makes no fucking sense. Why would you even fucking have that there? There's clearly a railing on the other side that you could walk on. Whatever. Fuck off. <gasps> well, it, you know, she always has to be rescued by her father, Liam Neeson, so she can't be terribly bright. But she has, like, a ghosty, like, yeah, vision. She, she, she sinks to the bottom, and she has... She's almost killed by a ghost, but Maybe. she also has a vision of what happened on the night of the, the boat burning, and then... In the process, she finds a hidden chook in the side of the wall. In That which- wall crumbled like nothing, baby. And I want to be like, there is some structural integrity problems with this boathouse, and it's going to collapse okay, soon. Okay, Bob Vila. Okay, but I'm just saying, you're telling me that this, like, worksmanship is, like, just crumbling like that? That is scary. Now, scary. at the earlier in the film, we did see, like, a woman who sank to the bottom at the time of the burning yeah, of the boat. but who could know or who could and fucking the care? the question is, is this her ancestor? Well, it's much stupider than you could ever imagine. So much dumber. Uh, but yeah, she finds in the wall chook the diary of, um, I guess, Nick Castle's uh, ancestor. I think, yeah, it was like somebody's ancestor, whatever. Um, One of the founding fathers. Yeah, and then... Selma Blair experiences some sort of ooky spooky magic in the lighthouse, right? Oh, she yeah. has like the hairbrush that she the ship boy found. She has the hairbrush the fi- ship boy found. It, it 
lights on fire and and does a bunch of stupid shit. But then it just oh, leaves the print. Fire, yeah. And all of her stupid little shit boys drawings that he made for her are up on the wall, and it brands all of them with the symbol of the scales that we've seen before, which is a cool idea in a movie that isn't written like this. Yeah. Well, that's a thing about this. There's like some cool ideas, like the Selma Blair, like, oh, like all of her kids' drawings got fucked up, but it's all the logo from what were on the hairbrush, what was on the pocket watch that was found, that was like on the other pieces that we found in like the middle of the ocean, whatever, that washed up on shore. And it's like, that could be really fun and cool. And I think in a different movie, the Fog original, uh, you like this would be very interesting and fun. You're like, ooh, ghosts. Like, they're doing this. They're sending messages. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it could have been uh, anything but this. Uh, so Elizabeth goes to see, sorry, Taken goes to see Father Malone, and she has the diary, and he's pretty much like, we're all damned. And I'm like, come on, please just get us to the third act. You fucking drunk. Well, she like visits him in like a cemetery and there's like writing on her sarcophagus or whatever. And they're yeah, like, a bunch of goths are hanging out. They're listening to Sisters of Mercy. They're like, I'm dead. I'm dead. I'm dead. Uh, also, if you notice in that one scene when he like goes to open the journal, you, Black can Planet. See, you can see his hands have like red paint on them. So I guess it's implied that he writes the message on like the gravestones and stuff like that. Stupid. But they don't ever talk about that. Like, yeah, truly shocking coming from this script. Um, Spooner has been blamed for the murders because of those even white folks. the ghosts are racist. <laughs> yeah, this movie comes down to is everyone is racist. Yeah. Uh, and now uh, Elizabeth and Small, sorry, Taken and Smallville are at the uh, hospital where Spooner is being monitored. Yeah. Uh, he'll, by the way, appear later on outside the hospital. I don't know how he got With no explanation. Well, who could uh, And she goes to the morgue, oh, I mean the jump scare factory, <laughs> uh, and Nick Castle, or Smallville's dead cousin, comes up as a zombie and he's like, blood for blood. And the only person who should be saying blood for blood is the um what are they called uh the black skulls from mandy ah yes when they're drinking like fucking acid goo blood for blood Ah! fuck that movie rules yeah it does i'd rather be watching that movie um we also get more information about the diary because we they go to eat essentially the most expensive Long John Silvers in town. Uh, it's Long John Silvers with the aesthetics of a high-end Olive Garden, let's Ooh. say. Yeah, I'm sure they have like a really great like cod with crab meat or something like that. Mm. And we they they put the um, the puzzle piece the air quotes puzzle pieces together that the town until this gold was retrieved was pretty much like the sticks. Yeah, yeah, and then. Immediately after retrieving this gold, they became, like, industrially far more advanced. Yes. Okay? And blah, 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 you've seen the original Fog, you know what happened, right? We betrayed the lepers who we told that we would have a colony for them in a different place, but we lied, we murdered them, we burned down their ship, and we took most of their gold. That's unreal. It's so crazy that white people would do something like that. I've never once in history, in all of history heard of white people discriminating against those less than them i know i've never heard of that never I, even I think, once i think this is the america that the liberal left wants for you i think this is the type of education that's going to corrupt our children and turn them into some sort of antifa homosexual satanists who are watching miley cyrus gyrate with her punan pating. 
<laughs> Thank you. Uh, metal detector guy is walking around and he finds like a table setting. I don't understand this. And part. there's a it chandelier. Makes no fucking sense. Then, it's like a full like classic dining room setup, and I'm like. And if you were doing, it, like, but like, wouldn't it make more sense if like the table just like washed ashore with like the chairs and the table with like shit everywhere? Like, it wouldn't be like properly set. Like Martha Stewart was just up in that bitch. I, like, I what? Hate it because it's definitely trying to do like a overlook hotel type of yeah. Setup. Go fuck yourself. And I was like, don't. Don't even go near near there. Don't you go there. Don't you fucking go there. Um, and this this dude with the metal detector finds this rope, and then in a moment <laughs> that is like, is this real? Like they wrote this, they went through with this, they thought this was okay. So he finds this rope, and at the same time, little shit boy is watching him. Yeah, and he's pulling this rope, and the rope is tracking into the ocean. Yes, and he is pulling it and pulling it, and then. I understand that the impression they're trying to get you to have is that the rope kind of tangles around him and yeah. pulls him under, but it literally looks like a man who drowned himself because <laughs> he's so fucking dumb. <laughs> it's like a it's like a whose line is it anyway bit where he's like, guess I'm gonna follow this rope deep into the well, ocean. The thing is too is like the little shit boy is just fucking standing there doing nothing. Like he doesn't yell, he doesn't scream, and he's just like, whatever. This guy's getting attacked by a like ocean rope. He is best by a length of rope okay well aren't we all aren't we all um and then the shit boy sees the the fog he tries to outrun it um and then he runs back to the house where his aunt is taking care of him and his aunt is not at all upset about the idea that a a sudden incredibly aggressive fog has appeared out of nowhere the thing about this movie is too is that like no one seems to care that this fog is just like mysteriously rolling in, rolling out, that it's not supposed to be on like the weather tracking system or like satellite, Stevie whatever touches it is. it on like a, for a second. But like for half a second in the, in the first one or the original rather is it's such a prominent point. They're like, this is fucking weird. Everybody, like, because everybody's like a fisherman yeah. or they know weather patterns and you have this general idea that the whole town's like, oh, the re- this recurring recurring fog is unusual and an evil portend. Yeah, and the, like it's also brought up in the original, like how the wind is shifting out of sea. So the fact that the fog would be coming in doesn't make they any like sense. They mentioned that very briefly, but like it's a bigger part in the original, and it makes it spookier because it's like, well, this defies logic. It's also a very ghost story esque aspect, and that's what the best part about the original is is it feels like a really warm ghost story that you're like you can snuggle up and drink tea and like and it's a ghost story where they cross their fucking teas but you also have real actors in that movie you have tom atkins you have jamie lee curtis you have janet lee which is like she's only in it for like a few bits and stuff like that and you have uh, the guy that plays Father Adrian Malone. Barbeau, you got Hal Holbrook. Yeah, and you have all these people who are actually real actors, character actors, and they do an amazing job just making you feel like a part of this town, that they're a part of this town. This whole town in the remake just feels like a set piece. Well, we're not talking about that movie. We're talking about Dan the Weatherman, who gets murdered by pirates by the best being part, the best set part. on fire and fucking shot through the window of the weather station like a fucking bullet. It was great. It looks so fucking stupid. Like in a movie You've seen the burn suit about too. oh yeah. In a movie about a fire monster that like immolates people or like fire starter, this would make sense. In this context, uh, it was yeah, I laughed. We laughed. We actually rewound it. This was like the one part that I actually perked up and was like not tempted. It broke new ground! That I wasn't tempted to just play on my phone the whole time. I was like, this fucking movie. And I was like, oh, that guy getting murdered is pretty fun. 
Yeah, so Selma Blair tries to reach her kid, and now it's foggin' time. It's foogin' time, baby. Um, yeah, so, you know, a monster hand, uh, oh, right, so, uh, the little shit boy is hiding in the house, yeah. and his aunt experiences what I can only describe as something that would make more sense being in fucking boarding house or an SOV movie, yeah. a ghost arm, no, no, I'm sorry, she's cleaning the sink, and she's washing the dishes, and fog fills up the sink, yes, and then does. a monster arm bursts out and grabs her face, and Pompey turns her <laughs> into a fucking burnt skeleton. <laughs> I will say that skeleton was pretty cool to look at. She was like all smoldering and stuff like that, and that was cool, but like. But also, here's the thing, okay? I love batshit supernatural movies, but the fog, the original fog, is not a batshit. No. Super- it is. It has definitive ideas about what this haunting entails. Yes. The leper pirates show up and they wreck your shit. In this, it's like some people get set on fire and thrown through with the windows. Sometimes you get turned into a Pompeii skeleton. Well, like, yeah, like, the science doesn't really hold up to this. Like, Yeah, the science, you know? Well, the ghosty arm can reach through this, like, drain, but it can't go through doors. You know what I mean? Like, what are we talking about here? Selma Blair is rushing to save her horrible. I thought she was American. Jam handed. Jam hands. Son. Jam hand son. She. Jam hand your sons. Slams directly. Slam, jam, slam. Slam your jam sons. (laughs) (laughs) You slamming my jammy, daddy. Slam in the back of my jammy son. (laughs) Your jam you love. (laughs) Raspberry jam you love. Blackberry jam you love. Talk about peach jam now. Peach jam you love. (gasps) Yes. Um. Yeah, uh, so Selma Blair crashes into this truck. Do- no, she doesn't crash into this fucking truck. She's like driving. Selma Blair's like, I don't know, I'm a fucking bitch in like an old timey car, which like they have like old timey cars, but also it's modern. So who could fucking know? Um, but she's like stuck in the middle of the road because her car dies. And then a fucking like 18 wheeler out of goddamn nowhere just like fucking hits her head on but somehow she falls off the side of a mountain into the ocean yeah it is a physics defining accident yeah physics doesn't work in this movie it just and then she almost is dragged under by ghost hands but she's okay but she's okay. She did do her own stunts for this movie, I did read, so kudos to Good her, for you, I guess. You know. By the way, the implication is that after she escapes the ghost hands, she gets to shore and runs all the way back to town. Okay. I don't think so. Uh, the Her son, who is a, a brilliant genius and oh. sure to be the next Elon Musk... Uh, so stealing other people's already good inventions and then making it his own and then marrying like children and you know being a racist but in this case scotch taping the bottom of the door so ghosts can't get in um which is shoddy insulation works yeah and i'm sure if jesse saw it he'd be like is he cooking a meal or something well, yeah, like, the little why ship- is he insulating the door the little ship boy was like oh the ghost can't get through my door if i take their scotch tape there are many holes if i were this dumb little shithead i would take like a pillow or a blanket and shove it under the door and like whatever but like no he's fucking stupid and unlike tom atkins in in uh night of the creeps he's not trying to fucking endless end his worthless life (laughs) or is he just trying to stay warm jesse uh a cgi fog mummy comes after him for sure whatever but then smallville saves him and they hit a ghost on the way out and the ghosts turn into calm 
Yeah, the ghost turns into they hit a, all they over hit the windies. A, a ghost, and it's like gax all over yeah. the windshield. Sure, whatever. Um, Spooner meets the uh, priest by the dock, and then they see the ghost ship arrive. Sure. Okay. And th- and then continuing the bad driving in this town, oh Smallville T-bones a boat. <laughs> Did you just hit a boat? He T-bones it so hard that it like tears the engine block in half, but they walk out unscathed. Uh also somehow taken like is outside of the car, but the windshield isn't broken, so the fact that she's like laying in the middle of the road when we come back to her, but like she didn't fly out the windshield. She didn't fly out the passenger side. She didn't fly out the back window. There's, like, no explanation how she got in the middle of the fucking road and Smallville and, like, the little ship wire still in the truck. Yeah. Who it would could be, fucking know? It would have been, it, it been more believable if they literally ADR'd, a, uh, like, a moment of the meeting. Like, thank God all those pillows were back there. And can I just point out, as somebody who's been in a horrific car accident... We know. You're gonna get... You l- lost your oh, eye. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you lose your eye? No, so shut up. You would have at least a little bit of head trauma. So, well, we finally get the flashback that's supposed to be the big reveal that if you're watching the Fog remake and you're not like 15 at the time, you probably have seen the Fog already, so you don't need the big reveal. But it's essentially the founding fathers of um, Antonio Island showing up Antonio Bay, (sighs) and they are there to sign the contract with the mole men, I mean, the vampires, I mean, uh, the untouchable, disgusting With Dr. Vink? With the vo, vo, vo? And uh, look, it's not exactly a good uh, endorsement when you have, like, your completely normal, otherwise lepers talking like this. Did you bring the contract? (laughs) And I'm like, they just have leprosy. They're not like... Creatures of the night. Yeah, they're like the whole idea is like they're leaving their one island because they got fucking leprosy from China. Mm. China. And they're gonna go to Antonio Bay, and the founding fathers of Antonio Bay are like, Yeah, you can come to our fucking island, just give us like X amount of dollars. And they go to like sign the fucking contract, which I would be suspicious of because I'm like, You're meeting out in the middle of the ocean? That seems weird. But, anyways, and then the founding fathers are like, Nah, dog, fucking we played you, punked bitch. And then they gank them. And then they fucking set them on fire. Yeah, That's it's, so it, mean. It's horrible. Um, but again. But not like other white settlers, right? You know, we would never do that to anybody else. Like, you know, other cultures or people. Never like, an indigenous no. person. Name one time. Name one time. You can't because we're in Florida and you can't have history books no more. Um, and yeah, I just really have to emphasize that when they see these lepers, they're in like black cloaks and they're like, have you brought the child? <laughs> I mean, contract. Yeah, they make the lepers seem like otherworldly, and I'm just like, no, and they're not. It's just a skin the, the condition. Rich white assholes are the problem. Yeah, it's it's stupid. Um, yeah, and then oh, by the way, the guy who owns the dogs that were in Act One who were killed, oh, he yeah. got scratched by one of the dogs, and now he has leprosy. By the way, that comes to nothing. Yeah, that guy dies, and you're just like, who? Who was that guy? What guy? The uh, gang converges at the town hall slash antique roadshow set. Mm. That's where uh, Doggy Man dies. Yeah. Uh, and then we're at our big final set piece, which usually, which pretty much involves them just being thrown through glass displays. There's a lot of so glass. So much glass. A lot of glass. Um, no blood. Not a fucking single thing of blood, but so much glass going through bodies. In a moment that um, 
should be amazing. And I was like, oh, they're are they gonna like do something good? And what happens is the priest gets surrounded by all this broken glass. Yeah, it's like a corona of broken glass around him. And you think that all of it's gonna fire through him and no. turn him into a slurry. No, two pieces kind of poke him and then he dies. Yep. It's cause this isn't your daddy's fog where Hal Holbrook lives till kind of the end. <sighs> and then more fog gets in and uh Again, lots of people being thrown through windows. Wyndham Earl gets, gets kind of like the window. he gets That's thrown so through good. the window, and then ghost dragged into. The but he gets like cemetery. fucking like tossed and tumbled for like forty yards, and it's actually pretty funny. It, it's good. There's that scene in Hot Rod where um, Andy Samberg falls down the hill, and he's just repeatedly falling. <laughs> And that's what it kind of reminded me of. Um, and then he is surrounded by all of the ghosts of the lepers. Yeah, all the ghosties. And I guess that they uh, immolate him. They turn him into like dust. Yeah, or, or something. Right? And then... Oh, man. In a moment that I was like, oh, excuse me, movie? <laughs> um Taken shows up, and in flashbacks, we've seen a leper version of her. Yeah. Which she's still hot. Which mm. yeah, she's the hottest leper on the boat. <laughs> I'm so hot. They say she's the hottest leper on the boat. <laughs> Give me a moment. I'm polishing this child's skull <laughs> with his dick. <laughs> <laughs> the cum makes it glossy. Oh my god. Oh, I'm sorry. They had wax back then. It's just child cum. Let's be real. <laughs> Behold. My sterling silver collection. So much child cum went into this. <laughs> uh, that's why uh, everything's so shiny at uh, on Epstein Island. Oof. Um, and uh, yeah, so we find out that Elizabeth is the, the resurrection of this leper woman. She kisses the head Dracula, I, uh, I mean leper. Dr. Vink. Yeah. The va va va. And they both... Like, she t- returns to her original ghostly form. But we established she has a mother. Yeah, like, you meet her mom. You know that she's, like, a human that dated Smallville, that she lived in New York City, that other people see her. She's not, like, a like a sixth sense reveal where she was a ghosty the whole time. She was, like, a human who could have died when she fell in, like, that ocean area. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we've established she is a real person. And now it's like... No, she's not. She's just a ghost bride for her and Dr. Vink. I don't know how that could possibly work. I'm pretty sure she has a social security number, so... Um, the best part is, yeah, it's literally like a scene that would be in a supernatural lifetime yes. movie. Where it's like, we were meant to be together the whole time, and you're like, wait, excuse me? But also, my thing is, too, she is like, what, like, mm, let's call her 23, 25 at most, at most. Dr. Vink, who she's supposed to be married to at the end, is like, in his 50s. That's right, she should be at least 14. <sighs> And uh, yeah, I guess the ghosts are sated by getting like the fucking hottest chick on the island. Well, wouldn't she as a ghost? Even as a leper, she's like an eight. Uh, And they all disappear. And we get a voiceover by Selma Blair that's pretty much like, I don't know what happened. It made no sense. See you later. Bye, movie. Thanks Um, for the paycheck. And then again, in a move that I am suspicious but appalled by we get a picture like at the end of the shining of elizabeth and dr vink uh without leprosy yeah i don't know i guess it's implied that they got lived happily ever after the island and lived happily isn't leprosy not curable though it's not no yeah so like you would still have leprosy so like that makes no fucking sense it was the magic of love 
Okay, well, your love does not fix my back pain, so clearly we're doing it wrong. Yeah, well, okay. Let me throw you through a window, see what happens. (laughs) Already done it. All right, what are your thoughts? Oh, please don't watch this movie. Like, literally, I was, I didn't even take notes for this movie because nothing fucking happened. How many secret leper ghost girlfriends out of 10 do you give one one because usually i'm like a little bit of a softie and i'll give higher ratings because let me like you are a dog you are like dog but like it's racist because your only black character is just a black guy it also implies that white people fucked over white people and that was the first time in like the history of america that like something bad happened i want to be like yeah so native americans about that um also like she turns into a fucking ghost and that makes no fucking sense her and smallville have like zero chemistry i think selma blair does well enough for what she has like but she has like three seconds of screen time and she's just constantly like talking into a microphone and they like don't flesh her out as a character and it's like whatever there's no hot dudes there's no hot ladies there's no like interest i mean selma blair well, just besides Selma Blair, there's, like, nothing interesting going on. Even the town doesn't feel, like, warm and cuddly. Like, you're like, oh, I'd, like, I don't want to live in that town. Like, you know what I mean? It's just, it's a lot of nothing. The CGI sucks. There's, like, one or two funny scenes. Like, when Wyndham Earl gets, like, tousled around. And, like, the one dude, Dan the Weatherman, gets, like, blasted into, like, fire and stuff like that. But, like, for the most part, it's just, like, it's so fucking boring. And I couldn't imagine being, like, 17, 18 at the time. And seeing this in a movie theater and, like, giving two shits. Like, 17-year-old me doesn't give a shit. 34-year-old me does not give a fuck. Like, it is dumb. Yeah. This movie gets a one from me. Um, only because of... It gets half a point for Selma Blair and those high-cut panties in that Ooh, one yeah. scene. She was, like, half-naked in that one scene. I was like... Mm-hmm. And half a point for Dan the Weatherman exploding on fire and being thrown at like 100 miles an hour. Well, I'm taking half a point for Selma Blair and half a point for Wyndham Earl, and that's that's why we're here. This movie is... Stupid. Fucking wretched. It's not even like stupid in a way that you can like sit with your friends and like get kind of toasty and be like, oh, this is like fucking fun. Like we we love really bad movies. Like Ben and I like classically love movies that are fucking horrific. But this movie is just it's boring, it's dry, it's like just drawn out in a way that like I didn't even know what to talk about for this movie because I was like, there's nothing to really make fun of. There's nothing to talk about. It's and all you want to do cinematic leper. All you want to do is watch the original because like, yep. you, have, you have so many fun people. You have fun set pieces. You have a fun little ghosty story. It's like the problem oh. is that this movie is a failure on every level. It is the acted music badly. Sucks. The music is bad. It's paced horribly. It's somehow interminably long and also full of a million things that come to nothing. And it sits in the shadow of a masterclass of directing, a masterclass of acting, and telling a simple. Stable, well-defined, cozy ghost story. So, you know, it's bad enough that it has to come on the heels of Carpenters, but it's also a failure on every level. So this is probably one of the worst movies I've watched in very recent history. I agree. Um, There we go. So I wanted to announce our next movie. Ooh, what's our next Um, movie? It might be after Valentine's Day, but love is still in the air from the year 2000, starring Brittany Murphy... And Michael Bean, holy fucking shit, this is a problematic motherfucker. It's Cherry Falls. Woo! 
Hachimachi. This one has it all and a bunch of things that you probably don't want. I'm so excited. This is actually the movie that made us want to do a podcast. Yeah, it's true. So, so until next time, don't you blame the movies. Movies don't create psychos. Movies make psychos more creative. See you guys. Because of the end of civilization, the Clamp Cable Network now leaves the air. We hope you have enjoyed our programming. But more importantly, we hope you have enjoyed life.